1: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: So Andy, um how do you eat your strawberries at Wimbledon?
3: With my fingers. <laughs>
2: hello and welcome back to test tube baby if you are new to the podcast thank you so much for joining along and please do click that little subscribe button that said you know you could be an og test tube baby listener and just you know you haven't gotten around to subscribing yet so if that's you as well then please do it really does help us so much so my name is miranda burns and over there happy as larry because he's just got out a swimming pool is tristan hall
3: you can't be unhappy in a swimming pool can you
2: i don't know if we've ever said on this podcast that you Used to be a lifeguard because that is some fun Tristan trivia.
3: It's a great bit of trivia, Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I was it? a lifeguard
2: saving lives. How many lives do you reckon you saved? Is it three?
3: I mean, no, no, not really. <laughs> um, I mean, technically, in my presence, I could have saved thousands of lives. I didn't, but I could have done.
2: True, very true. But weren't there like three incidents of people? Oh, that three you... things
3: happened, yeah, yeah. across my. Three years of being a lifeguard, so one per year. No,
2: but that's really good because you don't want there to have been loads of things happening because that suggests you're not doing your job but right. But
3: as, as a 16-year-old with that much responsibility, I look at it and I'm like, wow, I really feel like people with kind of slightly better credentials should be given those jobs as opposed yeah. to 16-year-old me who just... <laughs> I don't know.
2: I will say that you are wise beyond your years as a person.
3: It's, that's, that's just me, right? Most, I was working with 16-year-olds. some people who are not... <laughs> qualified anyway the qualification in order to 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 pass it your speed test how fast you had to swim is so so slow (laughs) it's awful and some people like just about pass it and i'm like
2: well now look now we've just made everybody nervous about going swimming
3: oh never trust a lifeguard
2: okay well there you go there's some life advice only go swimming if you're a very strong swimmer or indeed you have someone with you who can also watch you or me or indeed Tristan because he was very good at being a lifeguard. Now to clarify a little bit, the reason why we've just got out of swimming pool is because we're currently on holiday. We're doing a little staycation with Tristan's family, which is so lovely. We're staying in a beautiful part of the UK, lots of greenery, lots of trees, lawns. It's all just very, very picturesque. And our room in particular is stunning. We have a bay window, okay? And everything's sort of painted white. There's a lot of wood. There's this soft cream carpet. And within the bay window you have a cushioned seating area and that's where we've, we've we've kind of sat ourselves for this recording and it is so relaxing
3: the phrase bay window in my brain would paint quite a small kind of maybe a couple of meters wide that's a if good that, point. this thing is like its own little room that comes out of our room it's amazing
2: yeah it's huge i try to think of something you can com- compare it to but there isn't really it's like a bay room a, a, it's like a, a, a bay room <laughs> it is it's like a bay room. bay room That, that work. i didn't mean to say that but it works so wherever you are we hope you're having the best day whether that's England Scotland Ireland Australia America Lithuania Argentina the Netherlands wherever you are thank you so much for listening honestly it is so cool I get tickled pink every time I go on or little statistics on ACAST which is like the, the I don't know the, the, the boring podcast platform thing that we use you're not boring ACAST we're very grateful for everything that you do thank you so much Jesus Christ sorry Randa. sorry they won't listen they don't care um, but no it, they, it gives us our like statistics about where people listen it's so much fun so if you're new to our podcast family, in Test To You Baby, we chat through all things IVF and our current pregnancy, which as it stands, is at 21 weeks. Our little ICSI baby is still going strong. In true Tristan and Miranda style, there will be a whole lot of tangents, more than one euphemism, and inevitably we will expose and embarrass ourselves. Well, I guess the main thing that we want to start this podcast with is the fact that yesterday was World IVF Day. And over on my Instagram page, I follow a lot of you guys who are going through your own fertility struggles your own IVF pilgrimages that's hard to pluralize IVF pilgrimages (laughs) and yeah um I was seeing loads of brilliant people share their stories um literally to their Instagram stories you know you were sharing your posts your reels things that you've been through your experiences and it was just wonderful to see everybody being so open if you missed it, um it was the 43rd birthday of Louise Brown who was the world's first IVF baby, which is why the 25th of July.
3: 43. Yeah. IVF's I've- been around for that long. I know how crazy is that. That's
2: so cool. Yeah, she was the first IVF baby. I've actually got a picture up in front of me of when she was born. It's in black and white.
3: It looks I mean, the hairstyles. Her dad's got sideburns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it Shall I bring them back for the birth? The
2: mum's got a bit of a mullet. No, please don't have sideburns.
3: Can I have a mullet?
2: You can have a moustache if you really, really want one. Trish goes through phases every now and then where he grows a moustache. It sticks around for about a month and then you shave it off. Oh,
3: generally because you tell me to shave it off.
2: No, I never tell you to shave it off.
3: You don't like it that much, though, do you? You,
2: you, you look like Freddie Mercury. And I look. I love Queen. I'm the biggest fan of Queen. And Freddie's amazing. But I don't think I necessarily want a fiancé that looks like Freddie Mercury.
3: Tell you what, though, I interviewed someone a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, and his take on moustaches mm. was that 80% of women detest them, hate them, but 20% of women love them. So his reason for having a moustache is that the 20% who are like, it's their favourite thing, he's it's targeting their, them. It's that kink. Exactly.
2: Okay, well, here's my uh, response to that. Yeah. If I'm in the 80%, why the hell are you wearing a moustache? Because I'm in the 20%. You fancy yourself?
3: Well, no. When you've no. got... Only, only uh, when I've got a moustache. Only with a tash.
2: <laughs> he really, really, really does look like an RAF pilot. Like, I always expect him to go, Tell him. That's the sexiest job in the world! Oh, no, it is. It's so rock and roll.
3: Unfortunately not. I'm a podcast producer uh, here we are. from Winchester.
2: <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm just going to give you a couple more, like, stats and figures, because I just... Oh, I think it's so interesting. So since Louise's birth um, 43 years ago, more than 8 million babies have been born as a result of fertility treatment. And in the UK, so where we're from, about 2 to 3% of all live births are IVF babies. 2 to 3%. To give you some perspective, we were chatting about this earlier before we started recording. That would mean that at Wembley Stadium, There were over 1,000 IVF babies watching the Euros final. Obviously, they weren't in their baby form. A lot of them will have grown up. They weren't actual
3: babies. They They weren't
2: 1,000 babies watching Harry Kane score a penalty. No. But yeah, 1,000 people born via IVF, you know, fertility treatment were at Wembley Stadium watching the Euros final. What? That's so cool. I'm such a loser. I just think science is so impressive. I'm like, wow, you guys, you're amazing.
3: And that'll be our little squidge. Oh yeah, she'll be at the Euros.
2: Maybe if we ever get to the final again.
3: Oh, well, maybe not then.
2: R.I.P. Our oh, little test tube baby. Oh, bless her. It's just so lovely. So yeah. Um, I also said that sadly the average success rate for IVF is still is still only twenty three percent. So it really brings it on home to myself and Tristan that we are so fortunate to be in this particular position, and we feel incredibly um yeah lucky. It also made us wonder. How many people are closet IVFers? Because if you think about that particular statistic, that means there are, there are a lot of IVF couples walking around, as in currently in treatment. But not everybody's speaking about it.
3: Going back to 40, sorry, 43 years ago, obviously the first IVF baby is born, but was IVF as common back then as it is now? Ooh. Like was the uptake a bit slow? Were were people like afraid of doing it? Was it? I'd love to know. I'd love to speak to someone who had a baby back when IVF was early days and find out what the kind. Were there any stigmas around it? Was Was there? No. What was What was the societal opinion of it? Because imagine you know you look at now in the news and you hear like scientific developments and these revolutionary things that happen. Back then, this must have been. Crazy.
2: It must have been quite frightening because I suppose you could use the phrase playing God, couldn't you? Yeah. It's man playing God. And uh, there's, I suppose there's, there's a whole ethical debate to be had, which Tris and myself are not going to get into. And you can work out which side of it we're on anyway, because we're pregnant with an IVF well, baby. Here. Yeah, here we are doing this podcast promoting IVF. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's a whole can of worms that, that is ready to be opened. If you start speaking about people's fears surrounding it, it's a shame really, if anybody chooses not to speak about it, just because it's their personal preference and they, they, they don't want to share the story. It's a lot emotionally. So I get why you might want to be more guarded that's totally fine I hate the thought that someone might not be speaking about it because they're either ashamed or they think it's unethical or um yeah I don't know they're 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 worried that other people might judge them like that that would be desperately sad
3: I think something that people might not be ashamed of might be conscious of is the fact that in order to have IVF something isn't working yeah as perhaps it was designed to do so
1: So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact
3: I, from a male point of view, having had male infertility issues, can completely understand why blokes might not want to chat about it with each other. Because like, there's something inherently like, man make fire, yeah, 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 man yeah, yeah, build yeah. home, man make, make child, bake, make baby, make baby,
2: make baby, <laughs> make, make, <laughs> man
3: <laughs> bake maybe, maybe not big. Maybe. <laughs> Man make scorns. <laughs> man man make scorns. Man now make baby. Anyway. <laughs> there is that kind of animalistic mm. side of it. And I think Very primitive. Ex- incredibly primitive. And that is inherently plumbed into us you know they in the animal kingdom if you you know male animals will like kind of you know just stick like, themselves they'll, they'll to be peacock like
2: peacock around won't they
3: literally that's where the phrase come from yeah, yeah peacock yeah. and they're like look at me i am fertile look at me go <laughs> and
2: <laughs> can i just say that tristan has been doing that he's been shimmying his hips from side to side and thrusting i, I can see
3: your eyes though you're, yeah i know i was for, i was looking it. It. what you, you're keen the, the
2: peacocking <laughs> works i
3: you caught my gaze there you go so <laughs> i think that that's that's an element of it as well that you've got men who are thinking that. And I have no mm. doubt that some women might feel upset at the thought that they are unable to have a baby. Yeah. And that would play a part in them. Not, not you know, it's not like it's Irrational but you can understand why they might think that people might look at them as, as different if they're not able to have a baby.
2: Yeah, or, or like it's an inability to yeah. achieve something. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I can speak quite candidly about this and say that everything that's kind of come about having an endometriosis diagnosis or the symptoms that I get and everything that I experience definitely makes me feel less of a woman. I get envious. I things like, things like Love Island, like I'd watch Love Island. I'm not watching the current series, by the way. But in years gone by, I've watched Love Island. And I look at these girls and I think, wow, you are so active in more ways <laughs> than one and you look so beautiful and you're so like physically fit i, I just look at these women and i'm like I, I i could never do that now interestingly molly may hughes who actually came what second a couple of years ago in love island she now is going through a diagnosis for endometriosis so clearly i was misguided in my beliefs if you go on love island you can't have endo because they all look so fit and healthy um but that's just sort of an example of how when you live with something like this you look at other people and you see your inadequacy inadequacy in that inadequacy and you see yourself as inadequate
3: (laughs) good luck editing that i'm gonna keep it in or or your inadequacy inadequacy and you see i'm keeping it all in it's really funny
2: uh, but yeah, I used to feel like that all the time, all the time. And I'm guessing it must be, you know, you've used the word emasculating before when it comes to your little swimmers and it's just really rubbish. So we feel you. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, I'm one of those people. I'm not talking openly about it. I can't believe, I mean, I'm enjoying the podcast, but I can't believe Tristan and Miranda are so honest. Then I, I see you. I get it. I didn't talk about endometriosis for like a year and a half or something after I got the diagnosis it's personal stuff and you just, you have to do what's best for you at the same time though on a really simple level there is nothing to be embarrassed about if you want to keep it a secret that is your prerogative and you do absolutely what you want to do but never feel like you should be keeping it a secret to make other people feel better about the situation <laughs>
3: Now, as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we are 21 weeks pregnant. Oh, my God. Baby is currently the size of an eggplant, if you're in America, or an aubergine in the UK.
2: Which I find really weird, because apparently last week they were the size of a cantaloupe, which is a melon.
3: And a kitten.
2: Yeah, what the hell? So, uh, in my head, I don't know what size aubergines or eggplants other people are growing, but in my mind... A melon is bigger than an, than an aubergine.
3: I think American aubergines are bigger than English ones.
2: Oh, okay. Is that why?
3: Well, g- generally in supermarkets, they're quite girthy and lengthy.
2: <laughs> Shall we see what size What size? she is as an animal? She's
3: almost a pound, isn't she?
2: Right now. Apparently she's a Maltese puppy. Oh, oh, am I really carrying that? But this is nonsense because when we get to week 24, she's a bunny rabbit and we have bunny rabbits and they are definitely smaller than puppies. I will say that when I was in the swimming pool earlier as well, um, I, the, the water, the buoyancy made me feel so light. As soon as I got out of the pool, I could feel the weight of her because now she weighs, oh my God, Tris, she weighs a pound. She weighs a pound. She's heavy. <gasps> she is 28 to 30 centimetres crowned to heel. That is nuts. Think of the ruler you use in school. That is how long squidges. What?
3: Mental. So, being that far in, Miranda has felt squidge kicking. You have got an anterior placenta. If you yeah. want to describe what that is,
2: it's when your placenta is growing on the like uh, w- the, the, f- well, the, the, front, the, the wall. front wall of your uterus. Like I was going to say the outside, but that's not right. But if you imagine it's lying under your tummy, your belly skin, as opposed to kind of against your back. If you imagine yourself as a tunnel.
3: Which can make 4D scans more difficult if you go later yeah. on. So generally they suggest if you're having a 4D scan and have an interior placenta, I don't think that you'll see much later than 24 to 26 weeks, I think. It's yeah. quite a weird early cut off. But anyway, that's meant that feeling squidge has been a little bit more difficult. Yeah,
2: slightly more difficult. But you
3: still felt how you've had a few little kicks, a few little I've had flutters. Some, do you know what?
2: I've had some slightly bigger kicks as well. Yeah. There was one morning when we were lying in bed and she kicked me and I was like, oh, Felt odd, and I was like, Oh, is that a little fart trying to escape? I was like, No, that's not it. Carried on five seconds later, another kick. I was like, Tris, squid just kicked. I was like, That was an absolute kick. Then she did it again. So, three times in a row, she kicked me under my belly button, which was so much fun. Oh, squid, I know maybe she's gonna be a footballer or a rugby player. Sorry, wrong, player. Sport.
3: but. Very exciting, especially for me, because I got to feel my first kick. It was, Aww. what was it, last night, two nights ago? Two yeah. nights ago. We were lying on our bed, and Miranda felt kicking, and I thought, you know what, I will just rest my hand upon your belly and see <laughs> if I can feel it, and there was a moment where she kicked, and Miranda looked at me, and I looked at Miranda straight away, like, <gasps> our heads, like, snapped round oh. to each other, and, like, my jaw dropped. And I was like, what did you feel a it? was the loveliest moment. It? Yeah,
2: because what does it feel like to you? Um... Like movement under your hand.
3: Yeah, like imagine, imagine resting your hand on a duvet. Yeah, and then having someone underneath it just kind of move their hand ah. across. So you can feel something's there. You can't quite feel what shape it is. You don't know what it is or how big it is, but you can feel definite movement. And anyone who knows and sees Miranda, you know, there's not an ounce of fat on her. You know, so there's nothing. <laughs> there's no way that I wouldn't be able to feel it. And Mm. it was amazing. And she went for a good five minutes constantly kicking. And I was almost in tears. Yeah, you
2: were. Your eyes were filling up. It was amazing
3: because it's just such a a lovely moment and something we didn't get with our last pregnancy because we got to a point where Miranda was feeling Amberly, but not an awful lot.
2: I didn't get many, like, I didn't get kicks. I got, like, flutters with Amberly.
3: And now that you've felt proper kicks, that was such a lovely moment, and then now I've felt proper kicks, it (sighs) feels incredibly real that there's actually a little... Human, yeah, and it's
2: nice as well because it feels like we're back as a team. Because obviously, we've approached everything as a team, but since I've been the one that's been pregnant and I've been the one that's been feeling her kick, it's a lot of me saying to Tris, Oh, she's moving, and him going, Oh, wow, lovely, but not being able to experience it and not being able to be a play a part in that. So now that you can feel her too, I'm like, Yeah, we're back being a unit, we're in this together, which is just the best feeling because I have attachment issues. We've come to the conclusion, haven't we? (laughs) I'm just like, I just really get weirded out if I'm not around Tristan for she
3: can't <laughs> function without me well, the, it's, it's actually quite worrying
2: <laughs> the other day Tris went on a work job and he had to drive to London for the day so I was just like responsible for myself and the rabbits, and I had to run errands and I went to Tesco and I was I was at Tesco in the car park I was like Tris and I had this realisation that he, he wasn't you know within two metres of me and I actually like my heart rate picked up and I was like pull yourself together woman you're ridiculous you're ridiculous <laughs> you lived for 24 years without him but yeah oh goodness and then I said to Tristan I was like i think i think i have attachment issues part separation of it, anxiety separation anxiety part of it is lockdown it's because you have been at home we we have not been separate really at all for a year and a half something like that yeah
3: it's been a long yeah. long time like it's
2: been a really long time so even little things like i don't know say I've got a label that's like pulling on my dress or something I'm just like oh Tris can you rearrange the label she's just like really mundane boring stuff like that this day I lived through it and I had no Tris to rearrange the dress label
3: it's a little bit like you're a child isn't it who's suffering with separation anxiety in many ways you're like a child because often I'll be working and (laughs) trying to do something I bear in mind I work with video and audio right and an integral part of doing that is listening to things and watching things and Miranda loves talking and you know, like, when you're doing something and you have to pause it for someone to speak? <sighs> it's quite funny. I'll be editing and she'll say, mmm, mm, mm, and I won't hear her. I'm say so, sorry. And she'll repeat it. And I'll go, okay, yeah, no worries. And I'll hit play again and then probably within three seconds you'll say something else and it goes back and forth with this for ages and eventually I just give up and come downstairs because I'm like I'm I'm not going to get any work done until you go to work and my
2: plan worked
3: okay that's how it is
2: (laughs) yeah so this is the conclusion that we've come to so the fact that Tris can now feel Squidge as well makes me really really happy So, in last week's episode, uh, we mentioned to you that at the point at which you'll be listening, we would most likely be in our 20-week scan. So, I feel like it's only fair that we kind of give you an update on everything that went down. So, yeah, we're 21 weeks now. So, this time last week was when we had our 20-week scan. And Tristan was allowed to come with me, which is always wonderful.
3: An absolute treat.
2: Thank goodness. I'm really hoping that this is the end of covid i mean i don't want to jinx anything (laughs) at least
3: in terms of maternity stuff.
2: yeah in terms of maternity like maybe we're finally seeing the back of it
3: if it were for me right you can throw lockdown at me you can lock me in my house yeah
2: you can shut the pubs you can shut the cinema
3: but just don't take don't you can take my cinema you can take my pub but you'll never take my maternity (laughs) who says that is it my dignity Take it? Free? I, don't, I've, I think i've mashed up like four or five different films there <laughs> and put an andy it. murray accent on at the yeah, same time andy murray andy murray Matt, Judy Murray. <laughs> i'm just so happy to win wimbledon <laughs> i'm just so glad to be here um thank you all
2: i would say i went to the toilet for... i went
3: to the toilet it was a number one not a number two
2: Does <laughs> anyone get that wimbledon reference from this year
3: with my fingers
2: Oh yeah, how do you, so Andy, um, how do you eat your strawberries at Wimbledon?
3: With my fingers.
2: Everyone else said cream.
3: <laughs> and yeah, Djokovic is like cream, and Williams is like cream, Federer. and sugar, and Federer is like sugar, Yeah. and then Andy Murray like, with my fingers. Oh, we
2: do love Andy, don't we?
3: um and am i right. i speak very slowly and i sound a bit sad but i'm actually incredibly charismatic and lovely <laughs> i'm the nicest man in sport
2: you should watch his documentary if you haven't actually it's great isn't it what's it called uh oh oh we literally resurfacing m- yes i think that's it i think you're right
3: i think it's on amazon Honestly, go and watch it because it's brilliant.
2: It's all about when he got his really bad hip uh, injury. And as an athlete, this was naturally devastating. And it's how he came back from it. So, yeah, a lot of time for the bloke. He put in a lot of uh, energy and emotion into creating that documentary and, indeed, getting better.
3: I love tennis. That's (laughs) why tennis is my life and Kim and my children and my country (laughs) and my mother. (laughs) And haggis. No, I don't like haggis. I like eating. Strawberry with my <laughs> <our> fingers.
2: fingers. <laughs> anyway right what we were saying is that you can't take away the maternity appointments i think that is the point that tristan was trying to create um but yeah he was allowed to come which was really nice we were the first scan of the day for that particular clinic he was running slightly late wasn't he our consultant
3: he always runs late i know
2: i mean today well not today last time he was running uh what was it like 35 minutes late and when you're nervous and you're just sat oh my god you're sat in that waiting room with all the photos like all the little leaflets and flies around you about breastfeeding and like having a cesarean and all, all this kind of stuff and you're just there twiddling your thumbs sat in silence in a hot room without air conditioning waiting. It's not good. It's not good if you're an anxious patient. Not not at all. Something needs to be done about that.
3: What would you do about it though?
2: I would. <laughs> Is that you- that the, I really hope the mic picked that up <laughs> oh, blah, blah, blah. I was if, it was if it was me Sorry. it would be Squidge talking to us yeah. Um, anyway yeah no my solution would be if the receptionist is aware that the clinician the sonographer is running half an hour late say to you they're running half an hour late. Pop out to the coffee shop. Go back to the car if you want to. I'll call you in half an hour. I would rather that. Because when you're sat in a waiting room, you feel obliged to be quiet, don't you? So we both just sat there in silence. Like even though we are the only ones in the room, we were still thoughts, quiet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you overthink and you panic a little bit. That's what I would do. I'd say, oh, be free. Enjoy the, the hospital car park for 25 minutes and then I'll ring you. Like when you get a table at TGI's and they buzz you through.
3: Like that. One of the little flashy things.
2: Yeah, the other thing that vibrates. Yeah. Just like that. There you go. You see? People should take this on. It would make my life a hell of a lot less stressful. Anyway, that's not relevant. The point is that we were sat in the waiting room. He was late. He did finally come there. It was fine. The room was air-conditioned, which was glorious. Oh. It was nice and cool, wasn't it? And it's it? not
3: even just air-conditioned. is like beyond... Why... The, right, hang on. Sorry. Why are they air-conditioned so well?
2: What? The sonographer's... Yeah. Like, I don't know. I like, have no idea. Well, I mean,
3: like, is it because the ultrasound thing generates a lot of heat yeah, in, just r- the the, kit? in the room? I mean, but then I'm a little bit like, surely if there is a source of heat, it would kind of just be normal temperature if you've got echo on. But this place is like chilly.
2: It's like walking into the freezer rather, at a supermarket, isn't it? And when it's
3: been you know, a heat wave and you walk in there, it hits you.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's really nice. It's but wonderful. Imagine you go in and like, I don't know, October, September. You're not going to be grateful for it then, are you? Do you reckon
3: it's still air conditioned then?
2: I don't know. Well...
3: We'll find out. We will hopefully find out. We'll let you know in October.
2: Yeah, we'll book ourselves in for another scan. Um, But yeah, we did go in. I must say that everything about the scan went beautifully squidge is measuring kind of bang on where she needs to be they have to measure all different kinds of things so they do the circumference of her head they do her like tummy like a sort of like her waist the length of her femur bone you know they, they really do cover everything they even checked that she had fingers and toes you know down to like the smallest little detail and he was exceptionally thorough which is peace peace for your mind i mean he did the heart first didn't he yeah. that's the big one that's he, the
3: hard one for us well. Yeah,
2: yeah 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 yeah
3: because when we had our scan at 17 weeks, because you had bleeding and, and other things with Amberley, the heart was the main thing that they picked up on because they did the assessment. And with a with a really, really, really good um, ultrasound machine, you can kind of make out all four chambers and you can assess mm-hmm. how, you know, the, the flowing of the blood between them and then obviously down yeah. from the arteries and stuff. You can see that. And with Amberley, we had a lot of time spent looking at that in our late scans when we found out she wasn't going to make it because that was a real problem area for her. Yeah. So for us, when you go into a scan and they're looking at the heart, and if there's <sighs> like anything longer than like five seconds of silence, mm-hmm. you're like, "What have you found?" Yeah,
2: you start to panic, don't you?
3: But of course, you know, heart's beating, and every time it beats, that's that's the only time you get to see it it's spanning and contracting. So it's not like it's constantly in one place; it's always moving around. Like it's doing yeah. it's doing its thing. So you have to be really thorough.
2: They, they, it takes more time to look at it. It's
3: a really long scan, yeah. but. Everything was fine. Yeah. And Squidge is absolutely smashing it.
2: Yeah, she is. She's growing so well. Yeah, it's just the best feeling. They're nerve-wracking. I've said from the very beginning, I don't know whether I'll ever fully enjoy scans because I'm always terrified that we're going to get bad news. Um, But it still is lovely at the end when you've had good news to then go away and look at your little printout pictures we've got two this time we've got one of her like profile her face and we've got one of her feet a little foot a little tootsie tootsie. with with some toes I think it's on my highlights actually if you go on my Instagram Miranda.burns I think I shared the 20 week scan photos to my highlights so you can have a little look at the photo there but yeah I don't know why I feel feel like such a mom like oh look at my baby's feet everyone else is like yeah it's a foot Miranda well done but for me It's the most adorable, cute thing in the world. I'm
3: going to do my outro in the Andy Murray voice.
2: Oh, no.
3: That is it for today. (laughs) If you like what you heard, the best way to support us is to leave a review. Share with your friends, family, parents, guardians, strawberries with your fingers whoever it may be. And don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
2: If someone's listening to this and they're not into tennis and they don't know who Andy Murray is, they're going to find it awfully confusing. Does anyone
3: not know? Pe- well, guess people in... Someone
2: might not know <laughs> who Andy Murray is. You've you got
3: list of countries and doubt all of them know yeah. who Andy Murray is.
2: <laughs> Andy Murray is a very famous Scottish tennis player over here. There you go. He's won Wimbledon in the Olympics in case you needed that uh, clearing up. I'm sorry it's taken until the end you of the what? episode.
3: I'm going to do an impression of every someone different every time i do my outro
2: are you this gonna be a new thing yeah
3: i just need to learn more impressions
2: i love that who are you gonna do next week <sighs> who are you good at what accent you could do a lot of accents actually if you put your mind to it
3: I can. I can do quite a few.
2: Okay, look. Subscribe. Tune in next week. We'll see what can th- I have
3: suggestions as well, please? Yeah. Oh, That's my fun. God.
2: If you message us um, at Pod on Instagram or you can message me Miranda.Burns or Tris, which is Tristan.Hall on Instagram and let us know which people you want Tristan to imp- impersonate when he's doing the outro. I'll
3: yeah. do my best. I can't make any promises.
2: I'm not going to do an accent because it you will can't. sound appalling. Yeah, I have no ear for them. Uh, so, yeah, do please get involved. It will make our day. Uh, and don't forget, like I said, I've already mentioned. All this god it tristan you've made my my role in the outro void you can see our faces over on instagram or indeed messages with impression requests miranda.burns
3: tristan.hall and tennis baby pod pod, pod, pod for 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 podcast.
2: podcast love you
3: i love nothing apart from tennis <laughs> judy kim and, and my children strawberries and my children <laughs> they are they are They are not worthy of my love. (laughs) I will wait for them to become Wimbledon champions and then I will love them. Until then.
2: Bye! Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns
1: on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra.